Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Luke chapter 2, verse 4, Dumont. Now, there are many people around the world, there are people around the world who think that Christmas is not scriptural. And the arguments all over the old internet about the fact that Christmas is Nimrod's birthday and that it has a pagan background. Uh, they celebrate, use was um, dedicated to idol worship, was now converted to Jesus' worship. And why I appreciate their research and the work and diligence in finding out these facts and historical realities. I also was once dedicated to pagan worship and now I serve Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And all days are the days of the Lord. My friend came from Seven Adventist Church. Said, Philip, Saturday is the day that we ought to worship. I said, my friend, I have no problems so long as you don't say there's a particular day that we should not worship. Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays are all the days that we should worship God. For your Saturday is another country's Sunday. Yeah, God is not limited by all those geographical boundaries and time zones. So if you say a day was dedicated once to pagan worship, was now used to serve Jesus, high standing before you today was once dedicated to idol worship, but now I serve Jesus. Christmas, whether it's in the Bible or not, it's a beautiful experience. It's a wonderful time for us to appreciate. Even if Jesus was not born in December 25, even if he was born in February 33, we don't care. We don't care. Who cares? We have chosen a day to worship him. And that's what matters. Isn't that? So we never said it anyway that that's the day. Go, 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 go. I never said to anybody. Even me. It's what day they told me they bought me that I believe. If the nurses and the doctors could knife and my mother couldn't have to tell me I was born in some wrong day, I wouldn't know. And that does not mean I'm not alive. Until we get to heaven, we'll know most things. Luke chapter 2, verse 4. Help me. Duma, what does it say? And Joseph also went up from Galilee. Yes. Out of the city of Nazareth. Yep. Into Judea. Yep. Unto the city of David. Yes. Which is called Bethlehem. Yep. Because he was of the house and lineage of David. Yep. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife. Yes. Being great with child. The Bible says she was great with child. Next verse. And so it was that while they were there. While they were there. The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. The days that were accomplished that she should be delivered. That means she fell into labor. Yes. And she brought forth her firstborn son. She brought forth her firstborn son. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And laid him in the manger. Laid him. So Jesus was not born in the manger. He was laid in the manger. All right. A manger is a small basket where animals eat from. Hmm? So it was laid there. Why was it laid there? Help me. 
Because there was no room for them. The Bible says because there was no room for him, for them, for Jesus. There was no room for Jesus. In the end, there was no room. The maker and the ruler of the earth, the creator of the earth, had no room for him at the end. This alone, this alone can spark mood swings. This alone, as small as this part is, that Jesus didn't have a space. Someone would have said, ah, if not for anybody, it should not have been Jesus. Why me? Why me? When he said that when he turned, you reach my turn, that room finished. And I'm supposed to be bearing in my belly a promise of God. I am carrying destiny. Now, how can me, who is carrying destiny, not have a place to bring forth? That alone can spark complaints. The entire Bible from Genesis had prophets and prophecies all targeting and speaking and people talking about Jesus and talking how that Jesus was going to come. But if this was really God, how come there was no place for Jesus? Why did God the Father not make provision for his son? How come that I have a prophetic word from God and there's no place to breath it? That alone can cause problems. If I went, I mean, I could have complained. I could have complained all day. Do, do you think I need, I, I think I should hold my normal mic, Abby. Give it to me. This is tickling my cheeks. All right, I'm going to give you the mic. Uncle Joe, please. Sorry, Uncle Joe did a lot of work. To... a word from God and a promise from God and yet there is no place to give birth to it. I mean you know that God gave you this business idea. How can God give you a prophetic word? How can God give you a business idea and yet you couldn't find a place to bring forth? How can God not make provisions for his own son? Are there people in this place this morning who feel that sometimes God did not make provision for you? Sincere people. If, if God was mindful of me, then why am I going through this? Why are things so tough? Imagine people who knew Mary and Mary had told them that the baby I'm carrying is the son of God. They say, son of God, my foot. How can you bring forth God's son? The son of God. And there is no place to give birth. Do you have a promise but no place. Ah, church. There's a promise on your life. But no place. No place of expression. No place of delivery. That's how Mary felt that morning. Or that night. As she brought for Jesus. Verse 6 to 7 again. Do more. Give it to me. Verse 6 to 7. And so it was. That while they were there. While they were there. The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. The Bible says the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. While they were there waiting. So here we see Mary. And Joseph, 
were waiting. And in a moment, she fell into labor. It talks about inexperience. So Mary doesn't even know how it feels like when it's about to have a baby. Now, if you have given birth to a child before, the first, the second, the third, by the time it's getting to the third, you already know how this thing feels. But Mary was there, inexperienced, not knowing anything. And then she fell into labor. And they had to bring forth this child among animals. Why did God even commit his only son in the hands of inexperienced people? How come that God commits his work in the hands of people with no experience? Are you getting my point this morning? You know, sometimes your experience is your disqualification. Because God wants to choose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So there's a woman there who has given birth so many times and knows how this thing feels. Yet, God chose a girl who knows nothing. Absolutely nothing. And yet she's the chosen one. I love a lot of cartoons, but my favorite cartoon is Kung Fu Panda. You know why I love Kung Fu Panda? Master Shifu a trained tigress, snake, monkey, and that grasshopper guy, mantis. And now, Master Ugwe was going to choose the dragon warrior. And here was this fluffy, cuddly, soft, chubby guy with all that. No man would have thought. That guy was going to be the dragon warrior. And that day, on the day of the choosing, he fell down from the sky. And Master Ugwe says, you are the one. You know, I feel so much like Paul this morning. Because when God pointed at me, I didn't feel like it. There were so many people who were better trained, better. I mean, I was just telling my friends, I don't, I don't know anything. I'm like Paul. Fluffy. Cuddly. Underrate me at your own period. And that's what God wants to do. He hid his son in the belly of an inexperienced young girl. The people here today, who oh, your life is like that. God has committed something into your hands. Something that you don't feel experienced to do. Something that if someone had to tell you, you say, but how am I going to do it? Where am I going to go? This is a new year coming and God is putting a business idea in your heart. And you don't feel like it's possible. How can I? God is saying, but I'm with you. You say, but how can I? How can I? I'm inexperienced. I know no man. I know nobody. I know nobody. No nothing. But God says to you, like Paul. How many of you watch Kung Fu Father? Let me see. Kung Fu Father. And you saw Tai Long. I love that last part. It was that belly that he used to send Tai Long to the heavenly realms. The very thing you thought was your disqualification is your qualification. The very thing that you thought was not was that thing that would make you not feel fit is what God is looking at. Is what God is looking at. There's someone in church this morning. God is calling your name. And even though you feel unfit, God says you are fit. Continue verse 6 to 7. What does it say next? 
And he and she brought forth her first. She brought son. forth a firstborn child. Where? And wrapped him in swaddling clothes. So wrapped him in swaddling in clothes. In the manger. In the manger. Because there was no room now, for them. Now the Bible says because there was no room for them in the, in the inn. inn. And we say that all the time. There's no room. The maker of the universe had no room in his own universe. The maker of the earth had no room in his own earth. But is it true? Was there no room for Jesus in the earth? There was room in the manger. There was room in the manger. You are the one that has your eyes up there. That's why you cannot validate or appreciate what you have. Are you following my point? There may not be room for you in transport, but can you try Rosebud? There's room. There's always room for you. There's always room. Look around. You'll find room. There's nothing that God has given to you that he has not given you room for you. It might be small. It might be dirty, but there's room for you. When you take your eyes off other people's things and you focus on what you have, you become more grateful. There's always room for you. There's always room. Pastor, I have a business. There's no place. It's a lie. Go to Guadalajara. There's place. There's place in the door. There's place in the eye. There's place. That general statement. Nobody loves me. No, there's no room for me. It's a lie. Nobody loves me. It's a lie. Jesus loves you. Nobody wants me. It's a lie. Jesus wants you. Nobody was there for me. No, your parents were there for you. They bore you. I'm not eating this money. It's a lie. It's a lie. You drank water. It's a lie. No, we have to live. It's a lie. Everybody's telling lies. That general statement. I don't have anybody. No, 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 no. Nothing. Nobody. I, it's a lie because you are too general about it. God, if you put your eyes on what God has given you, it may be small. But you find that there's room for, there may not be room for you in the inn, but there's room for you in the manger. Do you know that from that manger, Jesus Christ grew and touched the entire world? Yes. 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 You are the one who's looking up there. And that's why you're not grateful. You are the one who's looking everywhere. That's why you're not grateful. You are the one trying to get the highest. And that's why you're not grateful. When we started church, we started church in Rosebud. It's a 40-seater auditorium. 40-seater. On the day that we started, we borrowed the keyboard we played. And when you borrow keyboard, you see, Jesus Christ borrowed everything. He borrowed Mary's womb. He borrowed an animal's food basket. Jesus borrowed Peter's boots. You see, Jesus Christ has an history of borrowing things and returning it. Borrowed a child's five bread and two fishes. So when he borrowed Joseph Arimathea's tomb, Satan forgot that this man always returns everything he borrows. Church didn't get it this morning. He was going to return the tomb. So we borrowed the keyboard. We returned it. We borrowed the place. We are not shame, ashamed to start from where we are. There were many big places all over the old place, but God had given us a manger. And we didn't say, there's no place for me to start. It's a lie. There's a manger for you. There's a manger. There's a manger. The people in the inn may not accept you, but there's a goat in the barn that will accept you. The manger. Stop looking too high. God keeps his treasure in his trash. 
keeps it the treasure in the tra- it keeps it like that. Nobody knows. So see our church, we move from place to place, from place to place. We move from there, we moved down that place, we moved and we kept moving. And we're not gonna stay here forever. We're gonna move. It's like the Ark of Covenant. We keep moving. We keep moving. See, we have no continuing city. But for everywhere we are, we were grateful. The reason why you're not grateful is that you have your eyes in so what someone else's ass. You are looking at that guy in the inn. Listen to me. On that day that Jesus Christ was born, there were probably a thousand other children born in that same day. All over the world. Who had more befitting place to be born? Someone would have said, ah, well, I mean, ah, it's not supposed to be Jesus. If anybody's even struggling for a place to be born, I mean, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes, Jesus was born in the manger. He was born right there and laid in the manger. And so if Jesus was able to do that, what's stopping you? Don't let the smallness of your beginning block the bigness of your end. There is no promise for Jesus Christ's beginning. There was no promise to how he will be born. Do you know that? Check John Simon now. Check through scriptures. There's no promise. You are the one that wants to begin in a particular way. You want your relationship to begin. That's why you don't have a relationship. You want your relationship to begin in a particular way. When my wife and I married, our house, one room and parlor, Dawaki, had no fence. The Lord was our fence. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surround those that love him. See, I've encompassed me round about with favor. As a sheep. There was no fence. There was no fence. When I was, I was very fortunate because the man was just building the house when I came in. So I said, wait, let me decide how this house will look like. So I painted this color. I painted that color. I chose, I decorated the house to my taste that I could afford. And I was super grateful for that place. We danced, celebrated God. When we moved, the place I moved to from that place is a two-bedroom flat. When I saw it, it was very big. I said, I like this size. Bigger than where I was. The ground was not, was not tiled. I moved my family. My rent was not even due. My rent was about four months to be due. I left, I packed everything, moved there. I tiled, I decorated it. That's where Dan is living now. When I was done, the landlord told me that, please, do you have anybody in your lineage that can come? Because I don't want any other person. Because when he saw the way the house is, the same thing, I am here for everywhere. Don't tell me there's no place. You are looking for a big place. That's why I haven't found no place. The Savior of the world didn't mind to be born right among animals and laid in the manger. Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. If you look at 8, 8 to 12, I was going to mention that if I go to my, I'm trying to cut up some of my time. I really want to, I want to fulfill my promise. 8 to 12, do more, please. Before and the foolish said unto the 8 to 12 of Luke. Luke, yeah. And there were in the same country shepherds yes. abiding in the field. So please follow this. Same country shepherds doing what? Abiding in the field. Yes. Keeping watch over the flock by night. Yes. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The angel of the Lord came upon them, yes. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Yes. And they were sore afraid. Yes. And the angel said unto them, Yes. Fear not, for behold, I bring Fear you. Fear not. I bring you what? Good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of great joy, yes. Which shall be to all people. It says that the angels were announcing the birth of Jesus. He said, this will be to all people, yes. For unto you is born this day. Unto you is born this day, yes. In the city of David. The city of David. A savior. A savior. Which is Christ the Lord. You see, even though he was born among animals, that didn't change his identity. 
is born for you today a savior in the city of David yes and this shall be a sign unto you this will be the sign ye shall find the babe you will find this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger so the angels were even proud to announce that the son of God is in a manger you see God does not rate you by what you have he rates you by what he has put inside of you Jesus did not find meaning by materials even though he was laid in the manger is Christ the son of God don't allow the things that you have determine the value that you put on your life no you find the son of God wrapped in the manger is placing in demand on you based on what he gave to you Matthew 25 Matthew 25 verse. verse 20 to 23 and so he that had received five talents came and Ye brought yes and brought other five talents saying yes Lord thou deliverest unto me five talents yes behold I have gained beside them five talents more so he gave one five talents and then he came back with five more talents and came with ten. What did he say? His Lord said unto him, Yes. Well done. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over you a few You have been things. faithful over a few things. Yes. I will make thee ruler over many things. I will make you ruler over many things. Yes. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Next verse. He also that had received two talents. One that received two talents. Came and said. Came and said. Lord. Lord. Thou deliverest unto you me. You gave unto me two talents. Yes. Behold, Behold. I have gained two other talents beside them. I have gained two other talents beside that. Yes. His, uh, his Lord said unto him. Yes. Well done. Wait. Wait. He came with four talents now. And the Lord said what? Go. Did he say well done now to the first person? Well done next. What did he say? Well done. You see the first challenge here is that some people would never have even done anything with the two. When they saw that God gave someone five. They said so. That's what I deserve. Where's my own three? The reason why some people have not been able to do anything with what God gave to them is because they keep comparing themselves with someone else. That guy didn't mind. He took his tool and walked with it. Can you walk with what God gave to you? And stop being jealous. I said it before. That comparison is the thief of joy. Jealousy is the enemy of joy. You see, jealousy and joy cannot go together. This guy had three, had five. The other guy had two. And he took his two and traded with it. And God says, well done. Because he doesn't hold you accountable for what he has not given to you. You are not listening to me this morning, Charles. If God is going to rate you, he's not going to rate you by the other person. He's going to rate you by what he gave to you. What did God give to you? He gave you two and you went. And the man said, come on, well done. The guy would have said, master, this guy just brought ten. I brought only four. He said, yes. Well done. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. The same words, the same reward, because he values you based on what he gave to you. A lot of people have complained and complained. And our generation is terrible. Comparison everywhere, jealousy everywhere. People secretly jealousing people, fighting. 
I could imagine if what happened the pool of Bethesda happened today. You know, if 20 people were here and two people were healed, people would not celebrate for those two people. Our generation, press. They would rather have all the 20 people still remain sick than two people getting healed. And that's why if you look at the Bible, there is no testimony of anybody that was not healed. Listen, listen. There were people in the Bible that didn't get healed. We don't know their names. Because the Bible is written around the things that happened, not the things that didn't happen. The focus of scriptures is about the things that happened. So imagine you guys walking to the pool of Bethesda and you have 99 or 100 people there sick and you walked towards only one person. Touched him, healed him and walked away. And left the remaining 99 people there sick. What do you think would have happened nowadays? The press would have gone there, just lover. Would have gone to them and said, how do you feel? Seeing Jesus coming here, healing only one person and leaving you here behind. What do you think about Jesus today? I feel terrible. I feel bad. We are just here. My mental health is gone. I'm just here sitting down. No hope, no future. They are not even sensitive to our feelings. How can he come and do for only one person when he could have done for all? I don't understand it. Is this really the savior? They would have complained and complained. But that guy took his two talents. That was all that God gave to him. You are not created to outdo anybody. You are created to fulfill your purpose. You see, if you give your purpose a 100% focus, you will soon find out that you don't have time to know and be monitoring what the other person is doing. It's because you are idle. That's why you left your work to be monitoring what that other person is doing. There's so much work on your hands to keep you busy. He didn't complain. Master, take four. He says, well done. Well done. Jealousy, envy is an enemy of joy. All right? Let's go to Psalms 4, verse 7. Hey, I'm going to finish. <laughs> 4, verse 7. Thou hast put gladness in my heart. Give me NLT for that. So that you guys can know that I'm serious. I've closed my Bible. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant. Put Psalm 4, verse 7 on the screen. NLT. Do more, do you have it? Yes, sir. What does it say? You have given me greater joy. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain so and new wine. So you see, this joy is not tied to what you have. He said, you give me greater joy than those who have abundance of harvest. Joy bubbling. So when the angels came and announced, we have come with great news, glad tidings. Jesus was not the first baby that would be born. How much more was even born and laid in a manger? But they announce his birth with so much excitement, with no regard for where he was born. Are you following my points? Because it's about what he carries, not what is carrying him. Are you following me? He said, You have given me more joy, greater joy than people who have abundance of harvest. You know, your own might be very big, bigger than my own. But you see this small one that I have, the way I celebrate it, if you're not careful, you can throw away your own. I'm, I'm telling you. If you're not careful, if you enter my office, the way I do my office, 
My wife is very small, but you envy me. Nobody comes around me that doesn't envy me. I'm telling you. When we're in Roseboard, 20 people can stand like this, 20 people in the, in the hall. There'll be space everywhere. It was Jesus that used to snap in those days. I said, GT, you can never snap an empty seat. If you want to snap, you focus on everybody. Before we post any picture on Facebook, I choose the pictures. You can, you can never post, nobody, nobody can pity me in this world. I say, hey, uh, God will help him. God will help him. You see, you are too, too pitiful. Every time they meet, life is alive. You are always having problems. This guy was laid in the manger. The angel announced it. Glory, joy. You are in the manger, but you are shouting as if you are in the palace. So they snap pictures. People thought, ah, this guy has made it all. It's called Holy Ghost propaganda. You see, we are sending fear down the chill, down the spine of Satan. They say, everybody's not going to tell you, ah, everybody's serving Jesus. Everybody, thousands, thousands are coming. Thousands. Say, go and check, go and check. Is it true? Go and check. People that say, is this place? I say, yes. People that had big place, big church, they came and started copying. If you are not careful, the way I celebrate my, it says you have given me greater joy. So I'm dancing around this thing. You have a small job. When you decorate it, if you come to my house, the way I do it, I'll show you and I'll come see that. Even if you are living in palace, if you are not careful, you throw away your palace. Joy! You are giving me greater joy than those who have abundant of harvest. You have one shoe, you polish it. Shiny. Come out. You're not looking as if you're always looking as if you have one. You iron it, touch it. If you touch me, cut you. That's how sharp it is. Glory to God. When I went to my former church in Lagos, just joined the church, I saw people had ties. I didn't have a tie. I didn't have a tie. I saw everybody was wearing tie. I'm one joyful guy, man. You can never get me depressed. Nothing you have can enter my eye. So I went to my brother's cupboard. I found some bow ties. Took it. Long one like uh, silk like this. Tight it. Everything tight and tight. When I went to church the next day, dancing and dancing, but I noticed that everybody's tie was... Everybody's tie was straight. My own was flying around. So I looked closely. The one, one guy's tie. I said there was something they called tie clip. They held it like this. I said, so that's what we need to get? I said, no problem. So I went to my house and I saw my sister's, that black hair clip. You know that thing? You know that black hair clip? You see, you are the one looking for palace. There's way for you. There's place for you in the manger. There's place for you in the manger. There's place. There's a room for you in the manger. You are the one looking up and down. That's how you are, going, you are going like that. There's a room for you in the manger. Manger people are waiting for you. They are excited to have you. That's how you, that's how you are going about. You are looking pretty good. There are people who love you where you are. So I took that thing. Oh, born monkey. For what? I wear my own. You wear your own. I shine my shine. You shine your shine. You can't blind me with your, with your, with your lights. I came here with my own light too. 
So I tie if whatever you like is your business. Anything you think is your problem. Anything you imagine, your, that's your headache. You see, because you are so you are looking for validation from everybody, you have made yourself a slave. When you go about looking for validation, you make yourself a slave. You make other people's mood your master. Their feelings your pharaoh. No. Joy. Bubbly. I danced and the Lord saw me there and pointed to me. You are the one. You are poor. Dragon warrior. Other people with star suit. But what he gave to me, see that small thing? Bah. Kai. That small thing he has given to you, nourish it. It came to only two people. Only two people saw Jesus. Shepherds and wise men. Because wise men know how to find treasure in the trash. Shepherd knows how to nurture things to growth. They know that the fact that something was born or kept in the manger doesn't mean to not grow out of there. You have given me joy greater than those who have harvest, abundance of harvest. Give me Psalms 118, verse 24. Psalm 118, verse 24. What does it say? This is the day the Lord has this made. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I will. Someone say, I will. Say, I will. Say, I will. He said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will. My joy is a decision. Yes, sir. My joy is a choice. I choose to rejoice. The alert coming or not, I choose to rejoice. I got married this year or not, I choose. To. This is the year that the Lord has made. I will. I will. I will rejoice irrespective of my feeling. My joy is my job. Choose to rejoice. Manger, choose to rejoice. If you saw us in Rose Bowl, tell him. We did black drapes like this. We bought it from Kubo. If you come in, we set you down like a I preach fire. I was preaching too much for that place. I was not shrinking my message. I was not shrinking my anointing. Sometimes they're not even for everybody for them. Wah! This thing we are doing, we are doing it from Rosebud. Pack the chairs, fire everywhere. From anywhere. There's no, I have gone to churches. And not, there's nothing you have that will make me undermine what God has given to me. There's nothing. I will rejoice. James said, Count it all joy. It's because, you see, count your blessings is not in the Bible. It's count it all joy. You count everything a joy. Those that look like blessings, those that look like curse, everything is joy. Count it all joy. I count it. One, two, three, four. Joy, 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 joy. Bad things, joy. Good things, joy. Everything, joy. Money, things, joy. Marriage, joy. Baby, joy. Everything, joy. The way I celebrate when people give back, you think something else has happened. It's not only baby. But people have died giving back. Wow. We just had a baby this morning. Miss Anna, ma'am. Glory to God. We thought the year was over. God wasn't done. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I will rejoice. It's a choice. Nothing external is provoking that joy. It's my decision to rejoice. Tell me, say, neighbor. neighbor. My joy my is my job. You can't make me happy. Say it, say it. I know, say it. You know, if you say it to your husband, you have relieved him. Say it to your wife, you have relieved him. That. And that's why you have so much stress and strains that people derive, they suck people 
they derive all the fulfillment they need in life from their partner. So their partner is running away. It's a parasitic relationship. They don't have a life of their own. They don't have a joy of their own. So everything that will be joy in their life, they must get it from the other person. And that other person was not, nobody was created to make you happy. Nobody in the world, nobody. Nobody in the world was created. Listen to me, nobody in the world was created. Your happiness is your responsibility. Uh. I will rejoice, he says. Say, I will rejoice. Say, I will rejoice. Let me round out. You don't need validation from your neighbor. Jesus didn't need validation from anybody. It was Christ. He was born, in the, he was born kept in the major. He needed no validation. When he grew up from that place, even if you're there saying, is it not that boy that they born in manger, that they born? He didn't care. He borrowed the manger and returned it. You know, my wife was, we were talking about how men behave and women. I can borrow your shoe. If I borrow your shoe, I'll borrow it. I'll wear it anyhow. And I can tell you that I borrowed this shoe. And you know, when we were on campus, people used to borrow things a lot. People can borrow somebody's tie, borrow somebody's shirt, borrow somebody. And they would, have, they would not be talking, is it not me that borrow you your shirt? I said, I did not return it. And when you borrow me, I don't know. I didn't want to first borrow anybody, anybody anything. You too, I not borrow, believe you on borrow time. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jesus borrowed it. He did not get validation. He didn't need people's approval. He knew that God was good to him. Are you following my point? Yes, sir. Satan comes and tries to steal your joy when you know that God has been good to you. You don't need people. Some people don't feel beautiful, and someone tells them they are beautiful. Tell me you are beautiful. I say yes, I know. Thank you. You look handsome. Yes, I know. Thank you. You don't need, you don't need validation. Are you following my point? You are fully validated in God in your spirit. Yes, sir. When Satan came and told Jesus that if you are a son of God, turn these stones to bread. It was not an argument of being son. You see, I've been son. I have been son before I was born. Yes, I had not even turned a stone to bread. I had not healed a sick person. When God announced from heaven that this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. I had not overcome a devil. I had not said anything. I had not done it. I had not performed any miracle. My sonship is not tied to any performance. Yes, Jesus said, I, God said, I'm his son. So when Satan came and said, if you're a son, turn. It's time to trap you now. Make you start thinking that you are not a son or you have done this. If you're a son, why don't you have a job? Does a job make you a son? No. That's still my job. Your son of God. Yes, I know. In Psalm 126, Psalm 126. Let me finish. 126. What does it say? Verse 1. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion. We were like them that dreamed. Bible says we were like them that dreamed. Then our, was our mouth filled Someone with laughter. Someone said my mouth was filled with laughter. And then what? Our tongue with singing. Our tongue with singing. Then what happened? Then said they among the heathen. Then was said among the heathen. The Lord had done great things for them. The Lord had done great things for them. The Lord had done great things for us. Where yes, else we are they glad. Said. They said, we know. See, the Lord had done great things for them. They said, yes, we know. Thank you. We know God has done great things for us. So we are not looking for validation. Are you following my point? We are not looking for validation. So the Lord has done great things for them. They said, yes, the Lord has done great things. You don't need to tell us. Whether you like my post or not, the Lord has got great things for me. Whether you comment on my post or not, the Lord has done great things for me. Whether you like my ministry or not, the Lord has done great things for me. Whether you accept me or not, the Lord has done great things for me. Whether you criticize me, somebody criticize me, criticize me, somebody criticize me, you're hopeless. I do have, I, how you criticize me? They criticize me, you know, I'm just I'm saying, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. You. Whether you love me or not, I'm loved. I don't need your love to be loved. Are you following my point? 
My validation is waiting. Say, the Lord has done great things for them. He said, yes, we know. The Lord has done great things for us. He has done it for us. You don't have to tell us. Thank you for saying it, but we know. And that fulfillment on your inside keeps you joyful and bubbling all your life. So that you don't tie anything to anything. Whether you have jollof rice to eat during this Christmas or not, the Lord has done great things for you. The Lord has done great things for you. Whether you have boyfriend or not, the Lord has done great things for you. I'm telling you the truth. The Lord has done great things for you. Say, there's nobody, nobody. Pastor, I lost everything. No, you did not lose your life. You did not lose everything. That's a lie. You lied. You didn't lose everything. You didn't lose your life. You say, Pastor, I don't have anything. You have your breath. You have your breath. You have something. You didn't lose anything. You didn't lose everything. No matter what you lost, God is the reason why you did not lose everything. And God never leaves us with nothing. He always leaves us with something. Something. Peter may have toiled all night and caught nothing, but he had his boat and his net. Intact. The Bible says for him that he's joined to the living hope. That's the possibility of a guaranteed future. For Christ in us is the hope of glory. Do you must say, I have nothing. Elijah said, what do you have? He said, I have nothing. But a, a, a jar of, he said, go. That's all you need. That boy said, I have nothing. But five bread on two. He said, that's all you need. God will never leave you with nothing. You didn't lose everything. You didn't lose everything. You have something. That widow had a, a bowl of flour and a jar of oil that sustained her through the time of famine. The Lord has been good to us. So Jesus Christ was lying in the, in, the, in, the, in the manger. He knows his life is not about the manger. So wherever you are right now, even if now, now, you don't have a suit. You don't have a suit. People are wearing suits. You are saying, hey, only if I have a suit. Your life is more than a suit. Your life is more than a suit. The time I didn't have a suit. The time I have only one suit. The time I had only one shoe. I cannot even change it. Only one shoe. But my life was not about that. It's just like, it's just like laying Jesus Christ. Imagine, you would have been very foolish to have rated Jesus by that manger. You are looking at that boy, that baby, in that manger. And you thought that was all his life is about. I would be very foolish to think this is all, this is all your life is about. I would be very, I mean, I'm short-sighted. Because people, God can pick you from here. Like he picked David from the backside of the desert. And made him a king over Israel. There is nobody here that is a limit on the possibilities of your life. Don't undermine yourself. Don't underrate yourself. Don't look down on yourself. Don't get joy and value from the things that you have now. Absolutely nothing. Jesus stripped himself of his glory. Came to the world. Died on the cross. Stripped himself. Went down to hell. Rose up the king of glory. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him. Car, he endured the pain. He saw the shame. He saw the joy. See, that joy was there. In spite of all that was going on, he knew there was something, something coming. That's how your life is. So when they announced on that day that we have brought joy to the world, someone said, what is the joy? This is a baby lying in the manger. But that was joy. And like you were here, some of you might be in the manger right now. Your house, number two, manger street. Manger, flat manger. Number manger. Apartment manger. Just enter the house, we know that it's a manger. But your life is not valued by that. God hides his treasures in trash. 
And from that place, you grow up and touch the world. Rise on your feet. I want you to pray in tongues one minute. Kaba. Bebrosi attire. Red Lasha. Say, I choose to rejoice. 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 I choose joy over sorrow. I choose joy. I choose joy. I rebuke depression. I rebuke ingratitude. That spirit that holds me bound to ingratitude. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I choose to rejoice. I choose to be excited. I choose to be joyful. Is somebody praying this morning? I choose in respect of what I'm feeling or going through right now. I choose joy over sorrow. The oil of joy over mourning. I choose joy. I have joy. Kepa paratekaya. Sheka paposko feliki bataya. Rika paratia bataya. There's joy bubbling from my heart. Your visa was denied, but that's not who you are. Who you are is not what you have. Your background does not determine your back will remain on the ground. You have Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope of glory. There may be nothing to look out, look out, point out, write them about about your family, but God is breathing something new from you. I choose joy. Ah, there's no depression in my soul. Woo. Oh, oh. In spite of what's going on in my life, I know, I know, I know my Redeemer lives. 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 I know my healer lives. I know my deliverer lives. I know my father lives. Come on. for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.